Hey, hey, welcome to Web3 Weekly with your host, Blockstar Technology. Let's go. Hey, everyone. We are here for our 50th episode of Web3 Weekly with Blockstar's Technology. So we're on how many social media platforms now, Nathan? Seven plus. So hello everyone that's tuning in live and anyone that's watching. Today we're going to be talking about AI and blockchain. So to start off, Maureen. Yes, Charlie. What problems might arise when using AI in your business? All right. So I guess it depends how you're using AI. Do you want to be a bit more specific? Or just are we just throwing a net out there? Yeah, just throwing a net out. Yes, you are, Charlie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess AI, when it comes to using AI in business, one of the most, what was that? I was going to say, I was <laughs> gonna say the most important thing is oh. protecting your data. Did you just which take I the know. words out of my mouth? You knew I was just about <laughs> to say that. All right, guys, this is a serious podcast, ladies and gentlemen. No, um, so obviously one of the most important things when integrating AI into your business is the protection of your IP and your data. As I love Charlie said it because I drill it into their head every couple of days. Um, (laughs) Some of the problems people have using ChatGBT is that they don't realize that every time you put data into that, it goes towards their training models. So that means if you put something in that is confidential about your company, about... um, anyone else's company that is should be confidential, should be protected. It can go into their training models. Also, it's best if you're using AI for your business and it is really going to stay in-house and advance your business to set up your own training models. And what we mean by that is you always have to look at the quality of the data that goes into training models because data can get contaminated. Um, you can have biased data. So you want to make sure that you're training your models on good, clean data, you have segmented areas. So if it is got, if you do have a section for machine learning, you can keep that separate and you can filter it through to help grow those models. Do you have anything else you want to? I was about to say what was because it was a real eye opener for me mm-hmm. with the Samsung Samsung team were using putting their meeting notes into. Oh. Open AI's yeah. Chat GPT, and another company or people were able to extract that data, weren't they? And that's exactly it. It's stuff like that. Even even a few people in the government who should definitely know a little better by now have been just putting their notes in, copy and pasting really private, confidential documents, and it's just gone in to the training models. And yeah, people can extract it, and it can if if someone looks up your the name of your work or looks something up on the same topic, if you've put confidential or um, material that's protected by an NDA or anything on there, you always have to understand that if it's not your own AI system, that other people are collecting that data and they're using it to keep retraining their machines. So that was a great example. What legalities could come out of that, Maureen? With Are you like, just going to ask me all the questions? <laughs> yeah, I do love asking questions. Um, oh. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, if someone was to share 
confidential. Uh, oh, the mic's off. Oh, sorry about that, Twitter. Um, so, yeah, with the AI and being used in business, what would happen if someone was to upload confidential data, whether it be government or um, signed under an NDA, oh. and that was someone accessed that? What's the legalities around that's that at a, the moment? That's an absolute breach of the NDA, yeah. and that's a breach of those contractual agreements. It's also just not safe. It, you know, everything companies do to work so hard to build their brand, to build their name, one of the biggest things you want to be doing is protecting your IP, like yeah. protecting your policies, procedures, protecting your ideas, protecting all of that. And if you put it on a public um, AI system, then it's free game. Yeah. And also if you have clients that you've signed NDAs with, of course that's a breach. You have breached their things and you'll be liable for damages depending on your contract. You know, you don't really know the extent of that, but you'll definitely be liable for breach of contract. So don't put your customer CRM database (laughs) into OpenAI, guys, because everyone will be able to take that information. So on our next topic, Nathan has scheduled for us, can AI predict what customers will want? Is AI yes. a psychic? Uh, well, it's not psychic. <laughs> it's not psychic, but um, I'll go ahead and answer this as well, I guess. Um, so the way AI works is it aggressively scrapes data and it aggregates it. And the power of aggregated data, they have a few cases on this. So I, I might digress quickly and say that under a lot of data protection laws, um, people's personal um, data is protected. But what people do not realize is that when you have a lot of aggregated data on someone, whether it's classified as personal, um, private information or not, you can collect that data and you can build profiles on people that are incredibly accurate. So whether or not it's protected data or not, it can scrape and, you know, um, farm that data so well and aggregate it to the point where it can really build profiles on people it can they, they had an example actually i know i always tell stories but to give you an example and this is comes down to the efficacy of data and ai use as well a company went and um wanted to know how they could boost their sales in their product i'm not going to give names in this example mm-hmm. of the company or of the people involved and so they did a study and they came back and said you know, we found a way to boost your sales. Ultimately, it turned out that it it was quite unethical because what they did was they were able, using all the data, to look at people with bipolar, their their actions on Facebook, and they were able to build a very accurate graph that when they were about to go into their manic state, their behaviours changed and they... Um, did a lot of shopping, like impulsive shopping. So if you were to advertise your stuff to that that particular group of people at that time, you were about 50 times more likely to sell your product to them. So some people would find that very unethical, but it's just another way that you can look at all these patterns and look at data and aggregate data and pinpoint things that you can benefit from. I I would say that's a little bit unethical. I don't think that it's right to target people um, with mental health issues or even target people like that. But it's it's become a very 
big part of the market now. They even do um, psychological sales. So they collect that much data on you again and they build a profile. They will be able to now determine where, from your messages, from your emails, from your behavior online, when you're actually feeling sad or when you're feeling lonely or a little bit vulnerable or when what time of the week or day is the best time to show you an advertisement because you're you're more likely to buy it. So does that well, it's much, yeah, it's much I feel like, like I'm the AI professional. <laughs> <laughs> it's much like Woolworths and other um, Coles, like supermarkets with their sales um, training where they, you know, they the simple one, the easy one to see is they put chocolates at the counter yes. so the kids will talk their parents into yeah, it. Yeah, the kids. And they even, go to, <laughs> they even go to certain extents of, Every shelf is stacked in a certain order where they've got the data and and all of that. that. I like to say this, um, and I just slide this comment into a lot of things. A lot of industries, it doesn't matter what industry you're in, it doesn't matter what problem you're solving. A lot of people approach things from the same approach, and it's based on behavioral psychology. So, people's actions in a certain situation. So, yes, that was a great example. Um, you know, stocking the higher items, the more expensive items in within eyesight, eye level, and then the cheaper ones down below where you have to go out of your way to get them. That's all based on behavioral science, human yep. psychology. And now that we're finding um, neural marketing is just really taking off. So really reading people's behaviors, just yes, all of that. Yes. So, Charlie, I'm going to ask you a question now. So I well, I was actually going to carry on with this one. This one's quite interesting because um, on the radio on the way to work the, the other day yeah. was actually uh, one of the supermarkets with Vegemite had put their um, item on sale, but it was 30 cents more expensive than the original price for people getting that feeling of, oh, hey, I'm making yeah. a saving, but really it wasn't, which I don't know how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. And there was also I a... They told, I can't believe they said that they did that on radio. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Well, it wasn't oh. them on radio yeah, saying it. Yeah, another example, I don't know if you were finished or not, but no. another example... <laughs> Carry on, finish. go, go. <laughs> do you want to finish? No, go. <laughs> I was just joking. This is why we're not allowed to do podcasts together, Charlie. Um, so... <laughs> Another example is they opened a luxury store in, I can't remember what country. Yes. 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 You and tell it was, the story since it was, I go, yeah, you do it. Yes, they opened it and invited all these influencers yeah. yeah. and high fashion people. And all the products were like an American equivalent of like a Kmart. Like yeah. they're all home brand sort of yeah. items. And they all questioned them and said, oh, what do you say? So what do you like about this? And they marked the prices up $600, $1,200. Yeah, like how many thousand percent up? Yeah, they and they're up? like, yeah, well, these are really nice. They're actually comfortable or this is a great bag. Yeah. And then towards the end of the night, they said, well, did you know this is a like a Walmart item? Yeah. For instance. And then they're sort it of like, oh. It just goes to show. And, and they sold out of everything. And, and people paid ridiculous prices, please. Don't. And they were professionals in that industry of high-end sort of yeah. fashion too, yeah. which was interesting. And another one I was watching recently was um, a certain like video software, social video platform. Um, actually, their algorithms built where you'll post and they give you a big upshoot of reach and they they spread you and then they actually have downturns and they work out with their algorithm that um the study done 
was that in those downturns, they work out who will pay to promote their content. Mm. And if you were someone who was to pay and promote that content, um, you would actually be penalized because they know you're more likely to pay and that's their revenue stream. So they would extend those breaks of um, downturn and getting your content out to other people. And I was like, I never thought about that, but it makes sense. It's funny because... And unethical in my opinion. Yeah, it is unethical. And uh, part of our studies a couple of years ago, when they were talking about this type of marketing, they collect so much data on you through things like Google and every platform Mm -hmm. that you're signed into and they sell it to marketers that they will know, for example, between you and I, who is more likely to pay higher a higher price for a product and so if you and i it would be you um if you <laughs> if you and i were both to go on to say like office works at the same time they would show us different prices really? online yep oh i know it's ridiculous it's yep. it's very sneaky and but what even... suburb you're in too i know they've done cases on that same yep. same um franchises but different prices per suburb as yep. well because you're more likely to pay more it even comes hmm. down to Google, what it does is the algorithms work in a way that it, again, uh, builds a profile on you and it has already determined what you like and what your thoughts are and, you know, your political views, your religious views, your sex, your everything, all of that stuff. So if it shows us, it reinforces opinions we already have a lot of the times. So if I was to go on and you were to go on, we were both to go on to Google and say, um, something something like just any question and we started off you know how it has the predictive um sentence yeah so if i was to say global warming is it would give me a list of different certain options and it would give him a very different list of options or they could be similar i don't know but we've tried this a few times with a few people we all get our phones and we like start a conversation and it will base it on how we already feel towards a topic. It's yep. the same way as algorithms work on social media. It's designed to keep you on that platform. So what it does is it shows you more and more of what you want to see, but there's also things such as algorithmic bias. So for example, TikTok in Australia and America is eating mm. away people's brains. It keeps it getting <laughs> Social influencing. Mm. Yep. You know, it keeps people on and it just feeds them. Are we allowed to say crap on this? It feeds <laughs> Too them late crap. Now. <laughs> it just feeds them stuff after stuff. I'm going to learn what it's yeah, yeah. But in China, it shows their kids math, science, English. It feeds them the good stuff. And so that just shows how. Yeah, well, you span that over that the next. You span that over the next twenty years. Yeah. And how much does that change the youth at the moment? And with the using AI and having all that data within these businesses, it can be a good thing, but it can also be used in an unethical way because they get That's they right. can see that data, they can target certain can data, it. and something that would normally take a team of 10 a week, a month, they can get that done with in a few minutes and get insights and see what they want to do with that. So, Charlie, let me go off script and ask you a question. What's okay. your favourite thing about AI? 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 I think it increases productivity 
That's my favorite thing. Right. You can increase productivity. You can shortcut mundane tasks. Mundane. mundane. Yep, tasks. Yep. Uh, what's your favorite thing about AI? I think that for very basic <laughs> things, it, it can be fantastic. But what I have found that it does really kind of, again, reinforce certain biases. It makes people quite lazy. Um, I have had a little play with it. You can outsmart it quite easily. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times it gives you very basic information. It doesn't provide you with options either. It gives you an answer as though that's the only answer to your question. And I and I find that sort of thing a little bit concerning about AI. Because well, I guess it's more of like the, you know, the open AI, the BARDs, that sort of yeah. model. But what about the... The models we build for customers, which oh, well. protect their data, and also are fed on on one lot of data, like say um, train, training material for your business. So you upload all your documentation yeah. on your rules, regulations within the business, and anyone can question that at any time within the workforce. All right. In the- in that circumstance, obviously, I believe that AI can be an incredible tool when integrated with um, business processes because it can cut down, it reduces, cut down time, cut down overhead, it reduces human error, which is a cause of a lot of problems, unfortunately, because machines are just better than humans. And it can allow you to, again, remove those, the need to do those mundane tasks, but it gives people back time to do what humans do best, like build relationships, client relationships, you know, work on customer service, do what you do creatively. creatively. Um, so I think it is a great tool. I don't like the idea of heavily relying on AI for a lot of things, but absolutely it is amazing in terms of integration into business processes. Cuts yeah. Cuts down a lot of and I see um, like one of the more popular business cases on their own data, um, which is public, is customer service Yeah, as well, being able to um, help customers out without, the, without having to go search through yeah. all the information, through the help page yeah. documentation. As a customer, I can go there and say, what's your refund policy? And mm. It's fed straight back Again, to me as if I'm talking to a human. You want to definitely go to someone to set that up for you because I can't tell you the amount of times I have been mm-hmm. online shopping or on a bank and those things actually drive me crazy. I'm like, human, human. Like, um, So if, it, if it's built properly for your business and for your company, 100%, they can be great. But also you don't want to frustrate your customers and have an off-the-shelf product. Um, and no other option because then you're like, why can't I get to a human? You want to, you want the professionals to set yes. that up for you, like us, for instance, and, you and do make that, sure. Don't you? Yes, yes, you're a we professional, do. Professional, Sarah. <laughs> and I'll you. Sell you a certificate. And, yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, get that working right. Do a lot of A/B testing before you release it to your customers. Yeah. All right. All right. So, well, I'll let thanks, you ask Mike. a question. I knew you were going to say that. Charlie. <laughs> Mike says, working on some hectic AI integrations, man. Great yeah. topic. Thanks, Mike. Is he I, still online? I think I think one of the big next ones too is coming into the customer customer service and chatbot at the moment will be telemarketing. Like, you know, like you've got phone oh. centers where you try to call someone and you get mm. put on. I can't stand when I when I get put to a robot and it's like press one, 
press oh, two, press five, press six. And I think that'll be a, the next evolution of that is when I actually call, I'll think I'm talking to a human, but really it's an AI trained model just, with a voice and a character. Oh, hey, <laughs> AI will only ever be as bad as it is today because tomorrow it'll be better. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. just to wrap up that topic, we can't stress enough how important the quality of your data is because it needs to be tried, it needs to be tested, you need to have professionals do it. Let's talk about some things of AI bias. So if you don't consider mm -hmm. um, machine logic and how these training models actually teach a computer. It doesn't you, have emotion like yeah, a human, and does it? Also, also, computer code can be opaque, which means... You could give it a set of material and ask it to get from point A to point B and it will give you an answer that might be a good answer. But if you don't know the logic it used to get there, even if it used, even if it works, you can have problems. And that's, I guess, how those examples we gave earlier came to those unethical outcomes. Because Well, it's like Craig would say to us, the... Um, <laughs> I said unethical, I, and you're like, it's like Craig. No, yeah, yeah, I did a little bit back from that one. But Craig, remember he would say is like the AI, it's not quite there and you can't always trust it because yeah. if I say I want to dig a hole, it'll say, okay, use a shovel, but it doesn't know yeah. what size hole you want to dig. It doesn't That's know right. how far it deep. Only it only gives you, you a very basic answer. Yeah, and it's like maybe an excavator was better for that yeah. or, or some other type of machinery. Yeah. But um, you can't always rely on the AI, especially we're still early. We're still early with AI. Yeah. It's only just taken off and a lot of people are building. But um, I'm excited to see what it'll be like in 20 years when yeah, I'm an old man. I think man. if anyone's interested, go ahead and look up AI bias because it will give you a great example of how companies around the world try to um, use AI, but they unfortunately used contaminated data. So... Mm -hmm. It would the data set was not a wide enough data set. So if you come to a professional, we'll say to you, you need this, this, and this, and then we go over all your data sets and we look at what's missing and we ask all the right questions. If you use contaminated data, what happens is you take that data and you harden it in code and it becomes a systematic thing and it repeats that diet. It has built-in bias. Yep. For example, um, you know, a lot of I those, know a good example on this one. Can that I was, give my example first? Time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so for example, because <laughs> I'm afraid you're going to try to steal one word. Um, <laughs> people that use, if they were, you know, if you go to a hand dryer and you put your hands under the um, hand dryer after washing your hands or whatever to dry it, it would only work for white people. It wasn't picking up, um, you know, Asians or people of color's hands. So they were just standing there and they just weren't being detected. Facial recognition, the data sets, again, where a lot of it was built on, like, white. It's because it comes down to the developers that developed that code, right? So all through the UK, all these people of colour were getting confused with criminals and they kept getting arrested and all of this stuff. And it, it's not right and it's not fair. And it really does show if your AI is going to affect human life in any way, you need to make sure. And it's not just human life. If it's going to affect an outcome, you need to make sure that it's just and that everything is considered because these AI systems can have effect on people's lives. Even if it's just having your hands dried, that's still something that you want to get right. That's your example. Yep. Now. 
Um, well, a less extreme case okay. of people getting arrested for mistaken identity um, was actually there was some developers and they had uploaded documentation of a library. And again, coming with false data was there was actually in that documentation, there was errors within there and they were doing certain things with the code and outputting the code through the AI mm -hmm. and it kept breaking and giving them the wrong answers and they actually found when they went back the documentation from the development company had made a mistake but the AI didn't couldn't deviate with oh this is wrong it yeah. just said this is my information. Exactly. I'm going to go off this. It's very it, it straight does, and narrow. It, it basically builds its understanding of what you teach it. So if you use if you use information data, even if we go back and look at some systemic bias, if you feed that material in that has been biased throughout history or throughout the years, you then be, build a code around that bias information. So they're having an issue with um, repeat offenders and determining bail in America, and they built this system, and this is a legal one because Nathan wants me to talk about law as well in AI. They went and built a system for the judges to rely on if a person committed a offence, they would put their offence and then information about that system and try to determine whether that person um what their charge and sentence should be and whether or not they would reoffend. And what they found was all of these black people, I think we're still allowed to say that, um, were getting sentenced a lot more harsher for far less crimes. They were considered to be um, a higher potential of re repeat offenders, so they weren't getting granted bail. So their liberty was being affected by the AI and when this company and so many people, and it took good people off the street to be like, hold on a second, this person has just lost all their rights, they're in jail and it's a parking ticket or it's a this or that and no one else was questioning the data and they went to the company and they said, we want to see what how it's determining this outcome and they refused to share that data because it's proprietary information, mm. they protect their IP. But no one could see because it was opaque and eventually they went through the data sets and realised that, the, the data sets were built on very racist information. So all these people were not able to get home loans. They weren't able to get, like, it was systemic data built into data sets. So that's not what we want to be doing. And was that, like, for the parking fine, for instance, was, the, was that system software going for, like, you know, majority, you'd, a, a real judge would be like, okay, that's your $150 fine. But within the law, that could be a maximum of like a two-year jail sentence and it would base the judges, off the... The judges were lazy. The judges were... Uh, yeah, yeah, but them, I'm saying like if yeah. it if they went before a real judge, the judge would have, you know, a normal yeah, judge, could. no AI, it, would have been like a $150 parking definitely. fine, but the AI didn't have yeah. that human side of it, so it just went off the basis of... Yeah. It can either be a $150 fine or two years jail. Yeah. And given your previous history, um, that could be irrelevant to parking fines or whatnot. Mm. It would, you're going to spend one year in jail or something yes, like that. Yeah. Okay. And so it was a, a lot of the times, that it may not go into the sentencing, but what it was was giving them a number based on the information it was fed as to whether or not they were likely to reoffend. And if it was above this number, the judge had to give this sentence. 
yep. or say like, sorry, um, you've you've scored high on this, but they weren't questioning it. So it's just stuff like that, I guess. I had another example, but I forgot to say. <laughs> so we'll carry on. Do you want to ask a question or do you want me? Um, sure. I, I'm happy asking questions. No, I know you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so how does AI help businesses make the decisions? And I want to know um, how do business know if it's AI is worth their investment? Those are two separate questions, so just so you know. What were they again? Say again. I know. I'll, go, I'll start with how the decisions. How does AI so, help businesses make decisions? Charlie? So, for instance, um, depending sensitive data again, you would not upload, but uh, more your public data, data you're not too worried about being being out there, which is um, you've got the Chat GPT code interpreter. Yeah. So what you could do is say your social media analytics, for instance, you're like, okay, like depending on who you are and what you're doing, but small business, like instead of having a data analyst, you could upload, export your files from your social medias and you could upload those files into um, ChatGPT code interpreter, which you need to have ChatGPT4 for, the paid version. And you could say... It'd, it'd get all those files, load them up, and then say, okay, what do you want to ask me? And it's like, okay, what are my strengths and weaknesses? What are my most popular posts? What has been the best time for me to post content? And it would be able to give you that information just like that without you having to go through and manually do that data that could take a long time. You could get that with whatever question you wanted and you've got to know how to ask the right questions in, yeah. in those regards too. And you could have that within one minute. Now, as well as people are, are using that sort of on um, finance reports, so when they're looking at doing their investing mm-hmm. um, into certain companies, financial reports, uh, quarterly financial reports come out public for public traded companies. Instead of having to be Warren Buffett and being able to sit down and read 10 hours a day through these, you could do a bit of learning or you could be a professional in the industry and you could actually load that information into the code interpreter and you could ask it those questions directly. So there's there's a few ways, a few examples. Does yeah. that answer the question, Warren? It does. Okay. It does. Next question, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Um, how do businesses know if their AI is worth the investment, Charlie? Well, it depends. What problem are they trying to solve? So you've first got to have a problem and then you've got to talk We've to a professional. <laughs> but in business. Um, <laughs> so depending on what that problem is, like everyone's got different problems. Like are you a factory? Like, like what would that, what, like, like a factory, for instance, and your machines uh, weigh in, like say you've got chip packets. You're... Your weight in your chip packets can oh, be o- off and off by a, on and off by say a gram. Well, you work that out on a large scale of a million packets a day. What are you losing in profits? Can an AI system optimize that and perfect it? That's yeah. a great example. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Maureen. Now back to me asking <laughs> question. Well, for instance, it's it's hard to say. Like, what can what can AI do for my business? Um, what problems can it solve? Why don't well, first we think of, all, of some of our, what some are of our your colleagues problems? around us? Forget the factor in the chip oh, package. Give me some Charlie. examples. <laughs> um, what if 
for example. I know it's your company. (laughs) (laughs) Say, how can maybe AI help in construction, Charlie? Construction. We've got some construction friends out there. This is for you. Okay, 3D printed houses. You could perfect them with an AI model. Nice. You could you could create AI rather than having to be an architect and spend hours designing, you could quickly spin up different models from text to 3D render and be able to demo to your customers. Yeah. So we haven't just got text-based and reply-based um, AI. We've also got visual AI um safety on construction sites there's also one i've seen recently which is a bit touch and go depending on how it's used but they were using ai visualization in heavy traffic areas so they had the cameras set up and they were scanning the cars times and coming up with data on when other sets of traffic lights should be on and off during these peak times to optimize less congestion Yes, and that is one of the ways councils have actually approached us um, to ask about how they can integrate AI into their system. I know that the um, city of Gold Coast really wants to be innovative and go down there, and there's so many ways that AI can be integrated along with blockchain in the ecosystem just to facilitate um, a lot of their day-to-day things, automate it, streamline it, make it a lot, lot more accessible Cut down on overheads. There's another one too where, um, what was it? I think it was Sydney spent like $19 million to create a digital version, which um, we had a demo at one of our uh, events, one of the events we attended. Mm. Now you've got a, there's an AI model that will plug into, there's some videos out there on YouTube, anyone that wants to have a play around with it. um, You download Unreal Engine which uh, five, which is uh, game development. Yeah. So that's where a lot of people are developing high-end games at the moment. And they're really good because they actually, you can use it for free until you start making over a million dollars profit and then wow. they'll take a percentage. So you can be a startup and really grow and you'll sort of, until you're making that million dollar revenue, um, it's free for you to use. But with that, there's actually a way that you can plug in, uh, what is it, Google Earth? Google Earth, you know, that does all the scanning, drive around, um, satellite images, and you can put in your longitude, latitude, and it will create a digital version of that city for you. Yeah. So I've done like the Grand Canyon, New York City, and um, it pulls in all the information from Google Earth and then converts that into a 3D render. So instead of spending $19 million to get a digital version of your city, you could do that within a few hours if you know what you're doing. Those are some crazy savings, Charlie. So there is a (laughs) question in the chat from an accountant, it would appear. So, Charlie, how can accountants use AI? Well, I'm no accountant. (laughs) Um, Uh, How could an accountant (laughs) use AI? So while he's thinking, I'll just chuck out some. Yeah, I I should have asked you that question. No, no, you're still going to answer this. This is your (laughs) turn. So AI can be integrated into anything. So when you think of accounting, you look at it's not just. I've got it. 
<laughs> Sorry, Charlie's got the answer. No, go, go carry Charlie, on. I was just saying, I got it. Put me off course. Go well, on. for instance, when the government updates like immigration lawyers and accountants, oh, their laws change yearly. Yeah. Like the legislations are changing. It's 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 a full time job just to keep up with how things are changing, especially if government's changing as well, then there's a whole heap of refactoring and tax cuts or extra taxes. So when that report comes out, you could get the robot, the AI, just to scan that and you could cross-reference that with pre the previous years so I think or what before Charlie's data is and you could say, what are the changes? Summarise them to me like I'm 15 years old. Amazing for compliance is what I'm saying, correct? Compliance? No, Most it's more likely. so rather than reading through 50 pages of legislation that's been changed by the government, you could easily cross-reference with last year's legislation and tell me the key points of how this has changed. And then once you've got that information, you, you know where to look and dig a little bit deeper, so speeding up processes. So AI if that was used, a good example, it, it was a brilliant example, Charlie, <laughs> as always. So AI can be used um, in compliance with for accountants, obviously, again, like Charlie's mentioned, to stay up with tax laws, other laws. It can also be used to be integrated in your system on the documents that you use <laughs> so, that, so that it can automate some of the functions. So if you have your clients, they they need structured um, their business is structured and they go to a lawyer or they need any documents, a lot of those transactional documents can be built into a system using AI. And what you can do is you can actually fill out forms, say my client needs this, this and this, feed it just a little bit of information and based on your previous work and your data, it builds out complete documents for you. So without knowing what you do too much and what kind of accountant you are, for example, actually, like if you were a forensic accountant and you have to go through a lot of documents to pick up errors, you can feed it this information and have the AI scan it within seconds, what would take an hour of hours for humans to do. It will look through the documents for certain things or add up things for you and you can get answers from it quite quickly. We use um, AI technology along with other proprietary technology to use pattern recognition in our forensic investigations. So we might use, you know, there's money missing. We'll trace the money using AI. So that is or, just a number of ways. Or if your terms and conditions, you're like, hey, I just want to have a check over my terms and conditions, make sure I haven't missed anything. You could also check those as well, couldn't you, Maureen? You definitely could, Charlie, and then the lawyer would still go over it for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, always seek legal advice, always seek legal advice. Um, but the bottom line is, like, if you brought in all the stuff that you do for work and the systems and processes you have, there's always, almost always a way to automate it, streamline it, make it easier and fix the flow. AI is used as a tool to enhance what you already do. We would never, ever recommend heavily relying on it to do its own thing. But what it does do is cut down a lot of the times that you put into your systems. With In accounting as well, we're working with people to integrate blockchain and have instead of double entry, triple entry, because it cuts down all your auditing process because now it's real live data. So you're the people that you normally have throughout the year, instead of bringing everything at the end of the year, they're updating their blockchain, which is an immutable ledger, 
and then that way it can't be changed. It's a point of uh, a point of truth, and you get that information immediately. It's real life. So that's another great way to integrate it and then integrate AI into those systems. So Yeah, and an important thing is is nothing can be deleted, but if you do yeah. make a mistake, you can still update it, but there'll be a record of yeah. that mistake and why that update was done. So, so it's, it's perfect for auditing. Absolutely. AI and blockchain. They do really go hand in hand. As we grow with technology, what we realize is all of these technologies become part of the same ecosystems. So, yeah, and I think there's we, we should break it down. We sort of touched base on it, but there is a big difference to your chat GPT and having your own AI system oh, that's locked down. Like, there is a big difference. It's huge, it's huge. And if you're a company, it, it actually doesn't, it, it's not an expensive thing, really. You can come in and see a professional, come and see Charlie, come and see myself, come and see Cozzy, anyone of the team, tell them what you want to do, tell them what your company does. You know, and we just have a brainstorm session where we're like, okay, so these are the services you offer. These are the products you have. Let's see how we can make your company be more efficient. And you always want to be building your own AI systems because you get the benefit of that data in those training models. So we set up machine learning. So it it learns off everything you've done before. It learns of how you've integrated it into your system, how people have come back, the feedback, you keep putting it in and and that's how systems grow. And it's so important for those systems to grow off your own IP because if you do something really well and you're, you've got market share already, you want to continue to do that and you can do it even better through the innovation of technology. Yeah, and there's also the option of you actually own that software where now you can have your own yeah. SaaS model that you can then on-sell if you wish to. Exactly, and then you can also automate documents. So if, say your clients are constantly needing a certain thing and they come to you, you can send them a sheet that will auto-fill back into those documents and build out complete documents. I think I said it before. Yeah, and that comes into the tricky question I got asked earlier about business is come in, see us, and tell us what your problem is because a lot of people, if we're all in the same business, people can have different problems depending on what they've seen. And um, you tell us a problem yeah. and we come up with ways let's to solve them, those problems. Yeah, let's give them an example of a couple of things that we know. So, like, for example, about, again, without saying names, this is not legal advice, this is not accounting advice, it's not financial advice. There's, That's a lot of no, not advice. There is no advice. <laughs> um, so we had a doctor come in. He is a GP sole practitioner you know, um, struggling with his workload a little bit, hates the administrative side of things. He wanted to integrate AI. So one of the ways he's done it is he's integrated AI in his booking systems. So now we have like a little chatbot that we designed for him. People go online um, and tell them how much time they need. They feed certain information. It's all private, all confidential. It's secured with encrypted um What's the word? Encryption and also everything yeah. is stored within Australia yeah. server-wise as yeah. well. Yeah, so everything meets all the storage requirements. People go on and say, Doctor, I have this problem, this problem, this problem. Answer a certain list and then it will automatically know how much time to book them. It will book all his appointments. It will give him the data. It will flag anything that needs to. It's gone through their um, medical history to note anything, to make sure that any medication he gets it. AI can be such a valuable tool, but because we keep harping on about the quality of the data, if you 
if you're really confident in the work and the quality that you deliver, then you'd always want to train it on your own data yeah. because then you don't have to worry about the answer it gives you. If you jump onto an off-the-shelf um, product like ChatGPT, anything like that, I have played with that thing and asked it so many questions and and <laughs> asked it so many questions, but it number one, it lies a lot. If it doesn't have the answer... It will tell you or it will give you this creative answer that you're like, wow, that's a great answer. And then you go and try to check the sources and there's no sources. There's no credibility to its answer. It just almost tells you what you want to hear. So anything that is not a very, very, very basic question, um, you should always be questioning the answers you get from that. Yeah, and another one is ChatGPT is really not the best at math. It does throw off math questions a lot. In fact, it's sucks Okay. I I wouldn't know the difference. I'm no expert, <laughs> but I I trust you. Yeah, you, you have battled with it more. I have, and, and you, I've won. And you know, but it's something. For instance, in in simple terms, is you can say what's two plus two, and it will say four, and you can say no, it's not four. And it says I've been told I've been told it's six. And it's like no, it's four. And it's like no, no, no. My mum told me it's six, and then it'll start giving you that it's six. Mm. It'll start telling you, like, if you go, okay, what's the two plus two? Now it's six. So there is a uh, – it can be manipulated yeah. with, with prompt engineering. People do it in certain ways and where that, yeah. I can get chat GPT isn't designed to give you images, but with certain prompts you can get it to give you images yeah. within inside. If you push it enough, the best, it will do anything. But, yeah. No, so, for example, at 3 a.m. when I was studying – a couple of weeks ago, and I saved this chat because I was so proud of it. Um, <laughs> I was like, ask me a really hard question, ChatGPT, and it, it gave me this riddle. And I had to answer these questions. And I was like, okay. And I was going through answering it. And I was like, what do you think the answer is? And it was giving me the answer. And I was like, hold on. I was like, based on that logic, can't this also be the answer? And it's like, no, it can't be. I'm like, but it's the exact same answer as yours. But We've, you just take two from this side and put it two on that side, it still equals the same thing. No, 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 that's not possible. I said, check again. And then it's like, oops, looks like I've made a mistake. So what it does is it does not, it is only linear in thought. It does not know how to do lateral thinking. It does not know how to give different perspectives. It, it always answers as though that's a definitive answer. It doesn't tell really good jokes. It's got no humour. It's such <laughs> yeah, a joke. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's it not does. Funny. Anyway, so you know, um, hmm. Wow, this is a great question for you, Charlie. Okay. How can AI change traditional leadership models? Damn, that's a hard question. Should I rethink the question? All right. <laughs> How could it change leadership models? Well, that is a you hard know what? one. Depends what that leader, leadership that is, how that business runs. Sense, actually. Thanks, so Nathan. Did the just... AI write this, Nathan? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. So we're playing a little game where we asked the AI to help Nathan ask us questions. That's a perfect example <laughs> of yeah. what AI can do. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, uh, what was the one I just seen before? It was something towards the line. I've lost it here on the bit of paper. Um but can AI predict crypt the crypto price and different whatever oh, crypto look, that may be? Number one, this is not financial advice. 
Um, yeah, and number two, I would say no, no one. No. Well, does it? No, I, I, I would say, say no one can predict the future, and you never know what's going to. You should never rely on something out. like that because when you look at things, when it comes to trading, you have two options. You've got um, technical trading, uh, technical analysis, fundamental analysis. So you have one. And you've also on, got current news as well. So which th- is there the was a lot. Of, there was a lot of bots spun up where um, anytime Elon Musk tweets about Dogecoin, yeah. it would automatically buy Dogecoin and sell yeah. it a few hours later. And I do believe that is fundamental. So technical is looking at the charts, fundamentals, everything that happens, the news, the the FUD, the fear, the tweets, how, how the market can be affected by outside sources. So I don't think that AI can give accurate predictions. Like it might be able to say like, yes, we think this coin is going to go up. But yeah, I don't think you'd yeah. utilize it for that. Definitely AI can help in areas of trading, but predicting, no. It would always have to be short-term things. The future is unpredictable for most of us, but in terms of using it for short-term things, I, I would probably say yes. What do you think? Hmm, I Very don't know. Short. I've never been one to, to, to let automation take over my trading. I prefer to be hands-on and then charge my own so it's my own mistake mm-hmm. i can i can decide um like I with like with so like with ftx AI. scenario i was in the news and you were in the news i wasn't in the news but i was <laughs> listening to the news and the morning before it collapsed i told everyone in our office to hey rumors going around I'll i don't know that. but i've seen this before withdraw all your crypto and the majority of the office listened, didn't they, Maureen? I knew this was and, coming. <laughs> well, I, I forgot about that coming. until you until you said that. But um, where an AI might just not think that's relevant, and yeah. So I didn't but, withdraw my money. I lost money on FTX. Yeah, but Guess besides <laughs> uh, Nathan's ChatGPT questionnaires that we've got here, thank you, Nathan. Um, how does laws run around AI, Maureen? To ask you some law questions. So I know AI art, they're saying can't be copyrighted. Um, what happens if you were to write a book with AI or you design a painting? How is the law working in regards to AI within your industry? Thank you for that incredibly technical question. Charlie. No worries. Okay, you back. Um, so <laughs> I guess it continues to change and if you did not create it, what would make you think you should be able to have copyright over it? I got the, the AI, AI to create it. That's right. And so did I you, create you, it? A lot of, you have to read the terms of that software. So a lot of the platforms that you create those things on might say anything that is built on here, we still own the copyright or that thing. So it always comes down, when you ask legal questions, please note, it always comes down to the merit of every case there's always more information that you need to know you need to know all of the details it can't be a a, you know a basic one question of how does the law do affect in this area you need to know all of the circumstances around everything if you use a platform to develop certain things using ai what are the terms and conditions on that platform what does it say about the stuff that it creates what are the policies on its page um, yep. AI. I, sorry, Maureen, I'll jump in on that one. I can relate to that because, um, well, yeah, there's a, there's a certain software out there that um, 
that you got will, your headshots on. Is that what you're going to talk about? That yes, the one you know that. See, you're, you're teaching me every day. Look how far I'm coming in, in, in the legal terms and conditions and everything aside. Where actually there's, there's a software out there and you can take a few selfies of yourself and you can make professional photos, whether they be for LinkedIn, whatnot. I could be in shorts and a singlet, take a few selfies on the beach and say that I'm in a high-rise apartment with a suit and that will convert those images. But what was interesting is I didn't read the terms and conditions, Maureen, but someone else read the terms and conditions and posted a video about this certain software saying any image that you upload and they they create for you, um, they own, they can do what they want with it exactly. and you cannot stop them. They had these those terms and conditions locked down that they could uh, yeah. use it in marketing, advertising, and you've got no say on it. And so. that's why I'm constantly harping on in this office about please get into the habit of reading the privacy policies, the terms and conditions of anything you use. I did a post the other day about the dangers of IOTs and their integration into AI and all of that stuff and you not realising that every device that you have, whether it's your smartphone, your fridge, your watch, anything, if it is connected to the internet and it has a microphone, it essentially can be used as a listening device. So it can listen to any conversation you have about anything. It can be private, whatever. And the terms of the use of that product a lot of the times do these days say that they have the right to collect that data, store it, um, transcribe it, and sell it to companies. So there's so many lawsuits at the moment where your personal data has been against your wishes because uh, it's running at all times. It has a microphone. It's constantly collecting that information, what you talk about, how you feel, um, and it's been used to sell to third parties and your data is a huge commodity. And... Yeah, like the fact that you might say, well, hold on, that was private. It says, sorry, you agreed to those terms and conditions. So, yeah. And if you're like me and don't like reading through large documentation of terms and me. conditions, no. I was going to say, just give it the chat GPT um, <laughs> and ask it to summarize. <laughs> yeah, you could. I'll send it to Maureen. I'll send it to Maureen. Okay. Just read them yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's we're coming up to the one hour mark, and we Maureen. Even make a dent on these questions, so I guess we're going to have to have Charlie and I will have a follow up on this topic. What do you reckon? I think we can. And I uh, think we we'll should. check the questions before we go live on air. I preferred our human based questions, Maureen. How about you? The <laughs> human based. Human based. Our questions. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> our questions. <laughs> human based. Yeah. 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 Um. Anyway, guys. This was our 50th episode. That's half a century. <laughs> that That's is almost that is almost a year of Web3 Weekly. So That's... can't wait for next week. Next week we've got a special guest on, which is doing amazing oh, work within Australia. Yes, they're doing amazing work within Australia and um, we're going to have some questions for them and let it roll live like we do every week. We'll give you um, a heads for, up before it comes on because I think yep, there's Nathan. so many people are going to want to ask this person. We have a really, really special guest. Um, it's a great opportunity 
And for anyone in the crypto space, you are going to want to know more and how it affects you. Those are the only hints we're giving you. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So with that, guys, have a great weekend and we will see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. See Bye. Ya. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe.